Welcome to Scandal Water, where the tea is hot and the conversation lively. Your hosts, Candy and Ashley, will discuss a peculiar story somehow related to the entertainment industry. This podcast might not change the world, but it just might satisfy your thirst for an intriguing tale. Oh, it's that time of day. Tune in and hear what the ladies say. It's time to bend your ear when the silver screen appears. Stories about the stage and screen and everything in between. So come on and join the fun. The curtain opens in three, two, one. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Candy. You've had a busy day, haven't you? I have had a very busy day. I had rehearsal <laughs> and then I rushed here to talk to you and then we have an interview. It's been a busy day. But lots of excitement. Yes, very much so. You know, how about this? We'll slow things down for you a little bit because yes, please. here you come out of this busy, busy time. And my question is, tell me about your sleep, Ashley. Do you, are oh. you a good sleeper? Do you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep? What does that look like for you? I do have trouble falling asleep. I am a person that everything has the, the planets have to be in the right orbit you know the sun has <laughs> to be at just the right level I have to be sleeping in just they're laying in just the right position I have a terrible time sleeping and then if I wake up in the middle of the night I'm up there is no mm-hmm. really falling back to sleep for me mm-hmm. yeah I have a I have a fraught relationship with sleep <laughs> I can totally relate I I think I tend to fall asleep fairly easily, mm-hmm. but I never make it through a night ever, ever, ever. I, same thing you were talking about. I have the gift of overthinking. Oh. So if I wake up in the middle of the night, my brain goes into like high gear exactly. and then I can't turn it off and yep. I just overthink, replay everything and I'm awake. And if I do go back to sleep, it'll be a few more hours and I'm up again. It's the craziest thing. I go through the process of every wrong thing I've ever done in my life and every misdeed (laughs) I've ever, I've ever done. And it's terrible. Well, you know, may of course is the theme of may I help you with, in this case, it's may I help you fall asleep. And so the focus of today's episode came from you because you are the first person who ever said this term to me, ASMR, which is this whole new genre that's actually come up recently, just within the last decade. And we're going to talk about this briefly. I've got a little bit of research I've done, but since you actually know about ASMR, why don't you tell us how you found it? And then I'll go into like exactly what it is and how it got named and a little bit of that stuff. Okay. I sort of stumbled upon it because like we just said, I've always had a horrible issue with sleep. I have an issue with, I think it's called sleep procrastination and sleep (laughs) procrastination. It's a real, it's a real term. Apparently it's a real thing. It's a real thing because whenever you are so busy during the day that at night, when you can finally have some time to yourself, you procrastinate falling asleep because that's when you scroll on your phone or you write messages or uh, any of that stuff because you haven't had any time to yourself. So you're putting off sleep because you're like, no, this is my time to do what I need to do. And it's sleep procrastination, oh. but that's sort of just gone into, I have to just, I have to pass out or mm-hmm. I, if I just lay there, then I'll start overthinking. So I noticed when I was in my twenties, I worked at a uh, photography studio and I would have to wait on clients. And sometimes mm-hmm. these clients would come in and they would have very soothing voices or the way that they would like touch the photos. It would make me feel very relaxed. And it sort of weirded me out because I thought, why <laughs> am I having such a hard time staying awake, talking to this? person and why is them touching a photograph just relaxing me to the point of I may fall asleep this is super weird Mm -hmm. and then in my 30s I was at a film festival with a friend of mine and there was this speaker and he had this very soothing calming Mm -hmm. voice and when he was speaking I turned to her and I said his voice makes me want milk and cookies. I don't understand <laughs> this. I don't know what's going on with me. And then again, in my forties, I finally was like, I need, I need a way to fall asleep. I just, I can't live this way anymore. So I, I remembered those things and I just, I went to YouTube and I thought YouTube has everything. And this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So I typed in uh, soothing voices people, videos with soothing voices. And I found this, what's called unintentional ASMR, where medical exams, doctors or nurses may record exams for their potential nurses to show them how to do the exams. And they're usually very Mm -hmm. comforting and all that. So they, some people put this on YouTube and they called it unintentional ASMR. And I thought, well, what is that? So I clicked on it and I watched one of them and I could just feel myself 
relax and I got sleepy. And so then it's almost like a little drug. You're like, woohoo, this is going to work. Well, what else will work? So I've kind of discovered through just this Google and the other recommended videos that there's this whole enormous community of people who one have mm-hmm. trouble sleeping, have anxiety, have depression, need some help with this. And there's this community of people ready to serve them. Mm-hmm. And so there's all kinds of different ones. You have to find what works for you. There's point of view, which is as like, I'm talking to you right now, but the Mm -hmm. person recording it would just talk into the camera as if it was another person, or there is the fly on the wall, like the medical exam. There's all kinds of stuff out there. And that's Hmm. what I do now when I really have trouble falling asleep. I have like one or two standards and one is Samita Coco is her name. And she's a medical okay. student up in Canada. I think she's training to be a doctor. And the other one is our guest tonight is the other person that I listen to. Which is super exciting. Yes. I, yes. I think we just, I think we just told our listeners our, our surprise that we do have this interview. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think if they um, see us, if they hear us like this, then they know there's an interview coming. They, they, yeah, they know what's coming for you guys out there who are like me. I came into this totally unaware. Like when Ashley would say the letters, I was like, huh? ASMR. Like, what is it? If if, if you're like me and you need me to start at the very beginning, that's what I'm about to give you guys. Mm -hmm. ASMR actually stands for autonomous sensory meridian response. And this term did not even exist until 2010. So the story that I found actually in a couple of different sources was that there was this lady named Jennifer Allen who actually works with like cybersecurity. Hmm. So it had nothing to do with her field. It was just that she had this experience that she would feel certain triggers that made her feel a certain way, but she'd never been able to talk about it to other people. She'd never been able to search it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden one day when she was on the internet, I think it was on a, a health site, maybe somebody had described this situation that occurred to them. And she was like, this is this thing that I Mm -hmm. sometimes experience myself. And she ultimately decided she needed to give it a name because then people could, could form groups around it. Mm. They could actually find each other. She wanted to start a Facebook group. So she decided she was going to make up a name. And so she decided she would go with autonomous because it's a feeling that comes from within sensory self-explanatory. It's in the senses meridian, because it's kind of like this idea of peak or also the, um, she felt like it kind of alluded to energy pathways of like mm. traditional Chinese medicine and response to show that it's not a constant state. It is a reaction to some kind of stimuli, something which could be whispering, gum chewing, tapping, mm-hmm. all kinds of different things. We'll talk about some other examples in a minute. But once she came up with this name and put it out there, that was 2010. I mean, it just started skyrocketing. Exploded. Yeah, by 2013, the first, you you ter- used that term unintentional. Mm-hmm. By 2013, the first intentional mm. video had been put out on YouTube. And so all of what's happened has occurred like in the last decade. What is ASMR? They don't have a lot of research on it. Mm-hmm. They are studying it. In fact, I saw several different places where they were talking about trying to do things with MRIs or EEGs to see if they could look at how the brain was affected, but they're having some difficulty. For one thing, they're having a hard time catching people while they're actually in that response or reaction state. So they don't know if it's really accurate if you're doing an EEG or an MRI while somebody is just resting, you know, does Uh, that really show you anything? But they are, they are researching it. They're doing a lot of surveys, a lot of self-reported studies, but I'm, what I'm sharing with you guys is just basically the superficial stuff. So Mm. don't know a lot from the science part of it, but what we can find out is that most people describe their ASMR response as kind of a tingly type feeling. Would you, would you say no, that that's accurate? Not okay, for what me. is it for you, Ashley? For me, and I, I think I'm in the minority. I think there are a few people who do not get the tingles is what they call it. I don't. Mm-hmm. All it does for me is relax me. It has to be, again, the gentle voices. It has to, it's sort of like what we brought up with the Lucille Ball episode, you know, where I said that her aggressive voice kind of made me feel tense and frightened mm-hmm. as a kid. This would be the opposite of this. This would be just the gentle, calming voices. And Mm -hmm. usually it's more medical exams. So like that doctor Mm -hmm. 
person just watching a medical exam or something like that just makes me feel very relaxed. Yeah, this one fella I found, his name is Craig Richard. He's the founder of the ASMR University, which is a whole website that they created dedicated to just trying to research and understand mm -hmm. ASMR. Mm -hmm. But he said something very similar to what you said. He basically defined ASMR as the situation where certain triggers can cause a soothing meditative state that reduces anxiety and lulls people to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so he says the triggers can be very different. He, he said most people will describe it as tingles. Sometimes people will call it kind of a staticky feeling. So, so people will describe it in different ways. In fact, that's one of the things that he's done is he's surveyed all these people to ask them, what is a trigger for you or what are the triggers for you? Mm -hmm. And how does it feel? That's some of the information they're trying to, to figure out. But he said for him personally, here's his quote, for me, it is like my brain goes fuzzy and I get this slight tingle. Some people have asked, is it like goosebumps? And he says, not at all. It's not like this kind of external thing. It's like a feeling that's more internal. So that's how he described it. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? I, again, that doesn't happen for me. It's just, mm -hmm. it just makes me sleepy. And I, maybe I'm a serious outlier, but because that's what I'm using it for. Oh, I, it does need to be experienced with headset. I have listened to oh. it where it's just the phone speaker and it kind of has a grainy sound, but there's something about putting on the headset or putting in earbuds that that's really how it needs to be experienced. And I think it needs to be experienced where you're holding your phone close to your face. I don't think you can watch it like a movie. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You have to feel like you're in it. Yeah. I think it has to feel immersive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. According to a February article, just, you know, this past February, they are estimating about 20% of people experience this. Again, mm -hmm. they don't have much research, so that's just a guess. But they also feel like that it happens to women more than men. But Craig Richard says that may be speculating it may be women self-report more than men do. Yeah, because I think it, this is still something that embarrasses people. Because it's kind mm -hmm. of, you kind of have that weird feeling like, I have to really trust somebody before I tell them that because it seems like such an odd you do what you watch people mm -hmm. take a medical exam that seems really <laughs> weird well yeah it does seem very weird and there is people that were in those medical exams that were truly just doctors who were doing these exams and put on the internet that now know that they are kind of ASMR stars and one of them <laughs> one of them and I cannot remember his name I'm so sorry the ASMR community is going to be very angry with me but he has created a channel where he now does that now knowing he's that, like hey okay yeah. he says all right I'll do, I'll do this for you guys I can roll with this yeah. <laughs> One more thing from this ASMR university, they say it's a global experience, again, because of all their research, they've seen people weigh in from over a hundred different countries. So it's not like it's just American. a localized mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they think it's very widespread. But to speak to your point, mm -hmm. after Jennifer Allen gave a name to the condition, she basically created the genre. And one of the things that they did say was by making it kind of official and giving it this term that sounds more clinical, it did reduce some of the embarrassment. It mm. did open the pathway for people to admit, I experienced this too. Let me talk to other people who experienced mm -hmm. this. So I think your point is, is very well taken. But the other thing she did was by putting the name to it and letting these people connect to each other, it gave rise to exactly what we said before. People said, you know what, instead of just having to accidentally come across this or maybe try to seek out situations where I think I can find my trigger, people started creating mm -hmm. on YouTube all of these intentional videos, just like you've been saying, mm -hmm. where they would try to offer this experience for, for people who wanted who needed something to help relieve anxiety or go to sleep or whatever it might be. So right now, they said on YouTube, there are literally millions of these ASMR videos. And it's everything from people who are speaking in soft whispers, using calm, repetitive motions. You've talked about some of those situations where it, may, it might be like a dermatological exam or a, a physical, you know, so the, lots of different situations. It could just be that they purposely try to hit some of the triggers, like showing these beautifully manicured fingernails, tapping an object or people mm -hmm. eating is a big thing. That, people, that's not for me, but you know, I respect the people that like it. Mm -hmm, but, but they have a whole thing about eating crunchy foods or mm -hmm. tearing paper, mm -hmm. brushing hair, mm -hmm. chewing, just all kinds kinds of different things can be triggers for people. I didn't even notice this. I'm sure I'd seen the commercial and didn't even pick up on it. But in 2019, the Super Bowl put out this ad 
that had Zoe Kravitz, who by the way is gorgeous, <laughs> but yeah. she was doing, it was actually a beer commercial and the whole thing was just targeted towards that ASMR vibe oh. because it was all whispers every sound was just kind of elevated you had the tapping you had like the unscrewing of the you know the beer bottle all those different things and it was very intentionally targeted towards that asmr fan base i think hmm. and reese's peanut butter cups in that same year put out a film that was more than an hour long that featured five people whispering while they were unwrapping and i think eating the candy so, so interesting businesses have keyed into it it has gotten that big that these huge businesses have put a lot of money into trying to target that audience. Well, I will say when I first heard about this, I really couldn't grasp it. I really could not until I watched some videos and, and, and then also did a little research. But now that I'm a little more knowledgeable about it, still very new, but mm -hmm. a little more knowledgeable, it does make me think about the fact, just the basic premise of I use the Calm app, yeah, okay. to help me go to sleep sometimes. And you'll just have sleep meditations and you'll have that soft, soothing voice that'll talk mm -hmm. to you and tell you to breathe and relax. Mm -hmm. So it's also a little bit like what people would experience if they're doing yoga or if they were listening to somebody who's kind of leading them through a little meditation or like children's lullaby, you know, mm -hmm. like just somebody who's, who's reading to a child in that very soft, quiet yes. voice to you try know, to I just lull thought a child to sleep. My mom, when we were little, she read like Charlotte's Web and recorded on cassette tape. And I used to play that to go to sleep. Even as I got older, I would play that or I would play other cassette tapes of people with calming voices to fall asleep. So I think I've always had this in me. It's just trying to find the next, because you, you kind of get used to it. Okay, this doesn't work anymore. Now I got to go. Now I got to try to find something else that will help. Why it's so popular kind of piggybacks right on what we were saying. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I caught, pulled a lot from this Craig Richard fella because, you know, he's done so much research and, and he's spoken about it quite a bit. And so he put out the idea that it's probably so popular because it does give you that deep sense of relaxation that you feel when you're in your own relationships or your own experiences where you are being treated in a very caring and soothing mm. manner. It just kind of harkens back to that. And he made the same comparison actually that we just made to the way you would talk to or treat an infant or the way you felt when you were little as that young child who was being taken care of. Here's a short quote. It's very similar to the feeling of sitting down on a couch with a loved one you feel safe with. And when you feel safe with someone, you relax. It's also very similar to the way we talk to an infant to calm them. Mm. Hey, it's okay. I'm here for you. You're safe. Mm. I care about you. These are universal behaviors of how to calm someone. So his point is, these are just kind of the basic things that work for people anyway. And so it's kind of being incorporated now into these ASMR videos that just put a different spin on it yeah. than what we might normally be used to. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm very, I'm excited that we get to talk to somebody who does this. Yes. Do you want to tell them about our special guest? Well, Hannah and Jeremy are there, is the people who are on the channel. We just have Hannah with us tonight, but their channel is called Chili B ASMR and it is named for their little doggy. And he makes appearances in some of the videos, but I believe, and she will tell us, I believe that they have only been doing this for a very, short amount of time, maybe a year and a half, something like that. But she does more of the realistic ASMR kind of thing where she's not, she's mm. not a doctor in, or any of the things that she portends to be, but she does, um, role play and she'll do doctor exams or I don't know she'll tell us what she does but I just came upon them and she had that kind of voice that just I don't think I've ever made it to the end of one of her videos and <laughs> so when this theme came up for the month I thought oh wow I would love to be able to speak to an ASMR artist and you know again just sent her a message and she was gracious enough to say that she would come on our show which still astounds me it's amazing I, I know I'm really looking forward to hearing her take on it and hearing from her side I already feel like I kind of know her but of course we're strangers to her but it's <laughs> seeing her every night and seeing her and Jeremy's relationship and their little dog I just I really like them I am so excited to get to talk to her and to learn more about this mm -hmm. this is fascinating it really is well let's bring her on let's do it Hannah, welcome to Scandal Water Podcast we are really happy to see you here happy to be here thanks for having me 
You are welcome. And for our listeners, Hannah is one half of the duo that produces the show Chili Bee ASMR. And as you all know, our episode today is May I Help You Fall Asleep. So Hannah is going to talk to us about how she helps millions, thousands of people fall asleep every night. Hi, Hannah. We are so excited to have you here. I'm more new to the idea of ASMR, which I didn't even realize until I looked it up that it stands for Autonomous sensory meridian response. Just doing a little bit of research about what it is, I saw some some different answers. So I wanted to ask you, what is your definition of ASMR? What does it mean to you? Yeah, and, and thank you so much for having me, Candy. And I appreciate the chance to spread, spread the gospel of ASMR. Um, <laughs> I would categorize it as a sleep aid, a relaxation tool that plays on visual and audio triggers that can initiate this response, um, so termed the meridian response uh, that causes some tingling sensations up your back into your brain. I do think you can enjoy ASMR even if you do not experience that sensation, but if you hear the term tingles or this I was tingling right away, that is the effect that people generally experience when watching ASMR. Well, how did you come to be involved with ASMR? What's what's your story of falling into this pastime or or job? How would we classify this? You know, I think it's different for for everyone. Certainly for me, as of right now, it's it's more of a um, side hustle. <laughs> uh, no, more more of a more of something I do for fun for myself. But there are there are tons of people who make their living this way, uh, like any other YouTube creator. It is one of the bigger verticals on YouTube. So. There are millions and millions of videos that are all ASMR and there are videos that are unintentionally ASMR. So we've seen it grow over time. I personally started watching unintentional ASMR. So videos that just relaxed me for some Mm -hmm. reason or gave me some feeling back in college. Um, So that was, you know, in the late, late 2000s, early 2010s, when the internet became a video platform. And it stayed with me ever since, but it wasn't until the pandemic hit and I was stuck at home, not commuting to work anymore that I thought, hmm, maybe I'll try making some of this as well. Cause I have the time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fill in here, Candy. Hannah, your experience with it is sort of like mine. I didn't know what it, it was. I just went on YouTube at some point. I was having so much trouble sleeping. I went on YouTube and I looked up like people with soft voices. And I found that unintentional ASMR, you know, the medical exams or things like that. And I thought, oh, that's what this is. I've never had the tingles, never experienced any of it, no matter who I watch, it's never happened for me, but it does help me a person who has chronic issues fall to sleep to just have that deep relaxation and fall asleep. And actually you helped me fall asleep last night with your Alexander technique. So thank you very much with your, with your lovely dark haired friend. I forget her name, but yes, Veronica. Yeah. Veronica. Yes. Yes. It was lovely. Yeah. I think your experience is not that unique from what I've heard from other people. Many people experience their, you know, quote unquote triggers, whether that results in uh, the meridian response or just relaxation sleepiness uh, mm-hmm. when they're younger. So a lot of the things that uh, like I really like watching like a scalp check or hair play is, yeah. you know, my, yep. my mom would rub my head when I was yes. a kid or my sister would brush my hair. And so those things that are ingrained in us as safe, caring, yes. Yes. loving things when we're kids can often translate to our ASMR preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that doesn't surprise me at all. And, and I think mine was probably the same, you know, feeling feeling that safety, feeling someone who was in charge um, and knew what they were mm-hmm. talking about and I was in good hands. Yes. Um, so a lot of unintentional ASMR with medical role play or massage or someone who's taking care of you yes. um, is really popular. Candy, can I ask you, what was your, your reaction to seeing ASMR for the first time? So it was very interesting because as Ashley said, she'd mentioned it to me and I'd never even heard the term. I had no idea. And then when I started, I watched some of your videos first, you were my first exposure. And so I, I was very interested, basically trying to take it in because at first it was Weird, like, right? <laughs> it was like, why would somebody want to watch, you know, um, a dermatologist mm-hmm. exam or right. a physical or, and then, but I was, I was picking up on, okay, I see how this is soothing. I'm catching the noises and the soothing voices and how comforting it is. And, you know, the interaction, the, the interplay between the, the actors, that type of thing. And then it was interesting to me when I started to research, which I, I need to do more, but I was amazed 
at how some people have become millionaires, you know, that this is such a huge Not me industry. Yet, but <laughs> same, same with us, same with us in the podcasting world. It's fascinating to me, actually. I, I, I now want to know a lot more about it, which is why I'm just appreciative of the fact that you're talking to us. Once you learn about the term and learn about it, you'll start seeing it a lot more because it really has become uh, much more pervasive than when I was watching it in 2010 on the internet, <laughs> mm-hmm. randomly pockets of the internet. So um, yeah, I think, I think it is becoming more, more popular and more the norm. And I was also really surprised as I started telling people after doing videos for two, three months and we started getting some traction. I thought, oh, okay. I feel like I have to tell people what I'm doing now. I was surprised how many people said, how many of my friends were like, I love ASMR. Really? It is almost like a dirty little secret, isn't it? Nobody wants to tell anybody else that they, that they listen to it. The whole reason, um, funny you should say that, like the whole reason I started making videos with my partner is we moved in together Mm -hmm. and I watched videos before bed every single night when I lived alone or when I lived with a roommate and I had my own room. And suddenly I was like, I feel like I have to tell him about this because he's going to look over and catch a glimpse of me watching someone taking someone's heart rate and be like, what is going on? Um, so I was like, hey, Jer, like, I need to tell you about this thing that I do at night. <laughs> um, he's like, okay. Um, so, so I told him about it and he was, you know, he, he had no exposure to it, um, but he was very supportive. And I was like, yeah, I think like, you know, I think we could be good at this. Um, so, so we jumped so straight yeah. from telling him about it to going, what if we did this? <laughs> there was there was a little time in between. Yeah, I think we lived together for like a year before I before I said, Hey, we, you want to, you want to try this? We're stuck quarantining in our house and uh, can't have no friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do something with our time. But yeah, there there was a little bit of time in between. That's good. Can I ask a quick follow-up question? We've talked a lot about the popularity and how this has just skyrocketed in the last 10 years. And I think between you and Ashley, you've named some of the reasons why you think it's so popular from being soothing to helping people fall asleep. Do you have any other insights or thoughts about why it would just boom like this? Absolutely. I mean, I think as we all know, especially the last couple of years have been incredibly stressful for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, incredibly isolating. And two things that I think are good ASM artist, as we've coined ourselves, <laughs> um, do is connect with people. You know, it, whether it's the, there's kind of two types, well, there's many types of ASMR, but usually you're either a POV style where you're talking directly to the camera mm-hmm. or more like fly on the wall, uh, mm-hmm. which is more what I do, um, where you're watching a scene play out. But either way, there's that real like connection. There's someone who's paying attention to you or paying attention to someone else. And it's given people a sense of belonging. The community is really kind. I mean, I do not get many negative comments. Most people Mm -hmm. are, if someone says I was having a panic attack and I watched this video and I calmed down, people will comment, you know, you can, you can get through it. Like we're all here for you. Um, So it's this really rare positive community on the internet where People are often struggling with anxiety, depression, panic attacks, symptoms of, you know, extreme stress. And, and this feels like a safe place to go and have someone take care of you. I, I think there's an overall shift towards, towards wellness. And obviously wellness is a huge industry beyond ASMR. So mm-hmm. I, I do think it falls into that wellness category. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same as the Calm apps or mm-hmm. the Talkiatry or whatever I'm not, I'm not going to plug random brands that don't pay me, but um, <laughs> uh, like there is this, this massive movement because mental health crises has increased and there are more instances of at least documented mental health problems among millennials and Gen Z than any previous generations. So whether that's just because we're more open as a society to talk about these things, or if they're actually more prevalent, I cannot touch on, but it's something that's in the zeitgeist now for sure. Yeah. I'm an educator. We've seen so much more of it in the schools for sure. Yeah. It's a thing to follow up on what you just said though. That was fascinating. Your approach, you shared that you're the, the fly on the wall approach. How else would you describe your particular approach to ASMR videos? Do you have certain patterns or certain, I don't know how to phrase it, but something that you, you know, you always do. Yeah. Yeah. So I do a type of, I generally do a type of ASMR called real person ASMR, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, I think a more burgeoning part of the general landscape than it once was. There are some people who have been doing it a long time Two people called female ASMR have been on for, you know, I think close to a decade now, really Uh, at least seven, six, seven years, at least. 
doing this type of content. And the general vibe I go for is realistic. So you are, if I'm, if I'm trying to do a scene where I'm doing a scalp check on someone, I'm talking to the person I'm working on like they are my actual patient. I like a, more talking in a video. That's what I personally like to watch me because too. for me that the voice is very calming and I like hearing what's going on and how it might feel because then I can kind of imagine it. Mm-hmm. So I would say I do soft-spoken, real person ASMR. There are plenty of people who do, you know, more, more mouth sounds, uh, more wet sounds. I do mm-hmm. more dry sounds. So mm-hmm. scratching, clothing, rubbing, stone work, things like that. But generally I try and make it as true to an unintentional ASMR video as possible. So I've sort of like called that intentional, unintentional ASMR, mm-hmm. yes. which I know some people really don't like. People will say, don't tag your videos with anything to do with unintentional. You're not unintentional, but we've also gotten comments saying, I didn't know this was ASMR until right. I found our channel. So right. to me, that shows that we're, we're being somewhat successful in that space. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like your channel so much. Some of them do whispering. I mean, that's fine for people who enjoy it, but I like that calming voice. And I, it's really opening my eyes here. We've talked about this. I think it's going back to the childhood and that feeling of comfort. And I like that you don't have the mic right on your face. I like that you wear it lower and it just picks up that it's almost like ambient noise instead of right on you. Yeah. As if you're in the room and not I'm in your ears. Right. The nice thing about ASMR is that there's something for everyone. Millions upon millions of videos. Mm -hmm. If you like a certain sound, if you like a certain voice, a certain speed, you can find it. It's kind of like a therapist. You know, you have to find the right person for you that like helps you. I found a guy and I can't remember his name. You may remember it. He did the whole story of Murder on the Orient Express with different ASMR artists. And they just, I thought it was super cool. They acted out the whole thing, but they had the green screen and they had the person talking and each one of them was one of the characters from Murder on the Orient Express. And they just, I can't tell you how it ended because it worked and I went to sleep, (laughs) but it was good. Well, Hannah, what inspired you to be kind of like, I don't know if I've heard you say this or other people say this, but you're almost like a fan page of other ASMR artists. I've definitely joked that we we don't create ASMR videos, we create ASMR fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say like laziness, but like all <laughs> these people created these amazing, great videos. And I've just listened to them over and over again over the course of listening to ASMR for 10, 10 years. So I just have them memorized. I have them in my head. I want to pay homage to these people who never intended to create a great ASMR video and sort of Mm -hmm. say like, thank you for for your work. And I can't remember the first one I did, honestly. One of them I know they talked about was some kind of baseball player. I I don't remember that. I did the Pat LaFontaine cranial nerve exam and there was a hockey player named Pat LaFontaine who had quite a few head injuries and um, poor guy. And yeah, this video has like 10 million views or something, 10 million unintentional ASMR views. And so wow. it's probably one of the most famous people quoted all the time. And that, that was the only one I've ever done word for word recreation where we oh. do it and repeated the line. And that was totally just me like, being a fan fan parody. Like, uh-huh. yeah, loved it just because it's fun. It's fun for me. So who's your favorite classic ASMR artist? Mm, That's a great question. I mean, I've already given a shout out to female ASMR, but they really are like the OG real person. I probably wouldn't be doing this without them because I didn't even know you could do ASMR that like that. I started out with gentle whispering. I've sort of transitioned from liking the whispering to being a little less interested in it over time, but she is amazing and like continues to innovate and put out great videos to this day. And she's been doing it a long, long time. Um, Do you have any current people who are contemporary to you that you enjoy? You know, what's sad (laughs) a little bit is I can't truly enjoy the type of ASMR I once did because I watch it and I think about how they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I I've been more into, um, like I watch Shilly S H I L I TV. She does, she goes and gets massages and treat Mm. beauty treatments. So I watch a few of those and I'll watch a little bit of like Twix ASMR who does the same thing, but I really can't watch. I can't relax really to the type of ASMR that I make anymore. 
Mm -hmm. um, I am friends with a few ASMR artists that I do watch to relax, but they do more POV style. So like Katharina ASMR and I are very close. She has a great channel and her POV style is really relaxing to me. Unfortunately, like it's kind of like- Seeing behind the curtain. Exactly. When you become a chef at a pizza shop, you don't really want to order it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. Too analytical. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I guess that goes into when you want to relax or fall asleep, what do you do now? I still watch ASMR, but like I sort of mentioned, I just watch those more beauty treatment channels mm -hmm. or I will go back to some of like the unintentional type videos. I just can't watch like real person ASMR before bed because I'll just sit there and write down ideas and <laughs> try and reach out to them and be like, let's collab, you know, like, super effective to, to yeah. quiet my brain. About how many videos have you made so far? Like just a rough estimate. Like a hundred. Wow. And it's been in a couple of years, right? Just a couple of years. Yeah. It's been like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And we, pretty good. we try to put out two videos a week. Sometimes it's one. That's a lot of work. That's ambitious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It definitely is not maybe as little time as people might think. It's not just turning the camera on, shooting for the 20 minutes that you see on screen and, and uploading. Mm -hmm. um, I would say each video takes about three to four hours from start to finish to make, not including the ordering of props or the right. concepting. Um, just literally from like setting up the room, filming and editing. And then there's also posting and responding to comments and Mm -hmm. trying to um, make thumbnails and things like that, that I've had to learn over time. As a person who edits videos, I watch it and I, and seeing how many you put out, I understand how much work this is. Even with our podcast, it's, you think, oh, it's only 45 minutes to an hour, but it takes five to six hours for me to edit it, not counting when we record it and the uploading and all that. So it just takes, it takes more time than the finished product would make you believe. Definitely. And and I would say our vibe is very unpolished on purpose. Yeah. You know, intentionally lo-fi, but we still shoot three cameras, two wow. three cameras, two mics. Mm -hmm. And so that does take time to edit. And we're also not perfect. So sure. we have to stop and restart. And it depends on the video. Some are some are a little easier than others, but I would say right now at least a solid 15 active hours a week. Um, and then another probably 10 to 15 passive of just answering comments and talking mm -hmm. to other ASM artists and scheduling collabs and buying props and everything that needs to happen sort of in between shoots. It's, it is fun, you know. So tell me what inspired your channel title, Chili B, and how he came to feature in your videos. Does he have a rescue story you want to tell us about? Yeah, I love my chili boy. He's sitting behind <laughs> the camera. Um, chili B is our dog's name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and we, we shot a video and thought, what is this channel going to be called? And we were just like, eh, it doesn't matter. No one's going to watch this. <laughs> so I was like, just call it, just call it the dog's name. Yeah. He does have a rescue story. We adopted him about two years ago now. And he came from some shelter in Texas. Don't know too much information. Uh, he was nine months old when we got him. So he was remarkably traumatized for being only nine months old. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of trauma and not a lot of time, but he's just the best. I mean, he's our, he's our best friend. He's a really cute little dog. And we, we used to foster dogs. We fostered like mm -hmm. a dozen dogs over the last, the couple of years prior to rescuing Chili. And we wanted to adopt every single one of them. And we just were like, Ugh, why is this happening? Why can't we just adopt them? And then when we found him, we just sort of, you know, we don't believe necessarily believe in like fate, but we were like, see, we were, we were waiting for the best one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course he's a nightmare. Yeah. But like, <laughs> <laughs> we love him. So how did he make his way into the videos? He just laid down one time. He said, okay, fine, just stay. And people loved him. <laughs> Our second video actually was of me giving him like pets and scratches. Um, I think that's still our like lowest performing video of all time. But um, yeah, he's just around, you know? So he's going to lay there because he's around and people like him and yeah. they find it relaxing and they're like, mm -hmm. I mean, I like looking at him. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to your scripts. I am very interested in these next couple of questions from a production standpoint. How do you memorize your scripts? Do you wing it? Tell me about the script process. Yeah, it, nothing's written down, but I wouldn't say I wing it either. I would say we decide like a couple of days in advance or a week in advance what we're going to film for that week so we can get props if we need and just, you know, think about what we're going to need. And then I sort of run through in my head, here's 
part A, part B, part C. Um, and I will share that with Jeremy as well. So he knows what's coming and what to expect for the most part. Sometimes I do catch him off guard. I'm like, what did you want me to say? <laughs> In fact, I think one video, someone put a, a crying face emoji comment and then a time code. And I went back and you can hear me whisper to him, can you say this feels hot? <laughs> 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 and so I was like, oh, I got to cut that out. Um, so, so yeah, it's, I, I definitely go through it in my own head. I'll, especially the intro and outro, that's where I have to do the most sort of like, I will say out loud before we film, I'll say it a couple of times till I get it right and mm-hmm. feel like good about that. But yeah, there's, there's not as much research as people might think. Because you've watched it so long. I've so just it's watched just, it. Yeah. I've it's just in it. your head. Yeah. And, and like people have caught, like, I've literally said some word for word lines from some some videos where it's not that I'm trying to, I just regurgitate. Remembered it. The only thing is if there's something I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I did a tarot card reading once. I have mm-hmm. very little exposure to that. Mm-hmm. And that I did actually buy a book and do some research and read up a little bit more on that. than others. Yeah. I wanted to ask, not knowing as much about your your YouTube channel as Ashley does. So you said sometimes you're you're inspired by other videos and then you also, you know, obviously do your own conversation, your own, your own words. Do you have to be careful with sometimes you give like a diagnosis? Like I've listened to you say, well, according to you know what you just read off the eye chart, it looks as though your vision is this. And so I've wondered about accurate, like, do you worry about accuracy whenever you give a diagnosis? And I've also noticed that you never, in my limited experience as, as a viewer, it appears as though the diagnosis is never anything scary. It's <laughs> always like, we can fix this. This is just a mild case of such and such. Mm-hmm. So would you just speak to that for a moment? Yeah, that's a, that's a great observation. I definitely have a disclaimer in every single description mm-hmm. that I'm not a medical professional nor any other role that I play. There are definitely people who will at me sometimes and say, this is not how the TSA works. I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> I aware. know. I'm aware. <laughs> they don't usually do it out of their house. <laughs> um, but but I think for the most part, everyone's in on the game. Uh-huh. As far as the, so yeah, I don't, I don't worry too much about people taking actual advice and I'm never examining them. Like the POV style, I think would be even more susceptible to that where Mm -hmm. you're you're talking to the person or or maybe not because it feels much more unrealistic but yeah hopefully people don't take medical advice but because of that because of the off chance I certainly wouldn't want it to be anything super serious I also don't find that particularly relaxing to say to someone like you know this could be brain cancer (laughs) um like if I I did a I watched a video once where and it was an amazing video but at the end the person was like you could have meningitis (laughs) this person needs to go to the hospital immediately (laughs) poor lady this poor person is going to die. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I, I'm definitely conscious that little problems and little issues are, are kind of nice because there's something that you're diagnosing mm-hmm. and fixing and a reason to be there, but mm-hmm. but major issues, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to worry about Jeremy. <laughs> Yes. Poor Jeremy. The internet loves Jeremy. I did have someone write me once and say, hey, could you use a different name that's not Jeremy? Because I associate the name Jeremy with a traumatic event. I felt really bad, but I was like, no. Yeah, that's his name. That's his name. I'm like, just fast, just fast forward it. Yeah, just fast forward that first minute. Yeah, unfortunately, like, you know, it's just would be too complicated for me to try and remember some other name every video. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did. I did feel bad about that. So when you use an actor that is not Jeremy, how do you find that person? I mean, they're my friends. <laughs> I, I haven't used anybody who I don't know. I've been very grateful that my family and friends have been very, very supportive of this. They think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, they're like, it's so weird seeing you on camera and people like you because it's like not how it is in real life. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, it's, and it's a nice thing to have a good excuse to go meet up with people. I mean, I've also worked with Cozy Cabin ASMR, who is an ASMR artist who lives relatively close to me. That's how I find people is just text them. You want to be in a video? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, do you have so, to yeah. bribe or are they anxious to do it? Um, and no, I don't have to bribe. Um, <laughs> I of course appreciate, I appreciate their support and I try and do, I do try and give them some monetary reward they help me make make money I do make money off the videos so so yeah I at least try and send like a, a 
good chunk gift card or something, say thank you. And I think I definitely have a certain type of friend who likes to do it. There, I have mm-hmm. friends who will never ever be in a video. And I don't think <laughs> anyone in my family has any desire to be on camera. Mm-hmm. So it's just about finding the people who are willing, willing to do it. It's so relaxing, right? So like, does it ever make the actor sleepy to be to be doing that with you in these scenes? Definitely, yeah. Jeremy has literally fallen asleep a few times and there are some there are some he likes more than others. Some things are more comfortable to experience than others on camera, <laughs> but like he really likes all of the Reiki healing energy ones. Well, he just mm-hmm. goes like right into sleep mode, especially if Chili's laying on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pe- people do like it. I-, I think that it's a very weird experience in person. You know, people will ask, oh, like I'll be your model. Like, can I, and, and I have to sort of preface that it's not quite as relaxing in person as right. when you're being filmed and we're stopping and starting but yeah yeah they definitely do and I've had it done to me as well with with cozy cabin with Tori and and I was like oh this is really nice (laughs) it's great one thing Candy that she did is she actually cut Jeremy's hair on screen how did that happen and he had hair it was long and she gave him my my link it went like this Jerry you should go get a haircut six months later Jerry you should go get a haircut Six months later, I'm cutting your hair. (laughs) (laughs) And we're doing it on film. (laughs) We're doing it on camera because we might as well make some money off of it. (laughs) He's really down for anything, which which makes him a very He really is. Yeah. And people will say, oh, is he really that chill? And like- he is he is really that chill and i'm extremely high strung so that's why we get along really well <laughs> he's the chill part of chili b and you're the high strung part of chili b <laughs> i'm the b part <laughs> yeah <laughs> what would you say to people who might think asmr is unconventional or strange because there are people who, when you first tell them about it like what what is this I would say, yeah, totally. It is unconventional. It is strange. I think it is still a little taboo and people Mm -hmm. associate it with sexuality and Mm -hmm. there there can be a sexual component to it. Everyone has a different type of channel for that reason. You know, people feel a little weird about it. Like it feels so intimate Mm -hmm. Um, and it is, but intimacy and sexuality are very different things, right? Mm -hmm. So all I would say to them is like, give it a try. If it's not for you, great. Different things for different people. But, you know, I'm not willing to be embarrassed about it anymore because I've seen it help people and I've, yeah. I've felt the connections and it's a good positive thing for me in my own life. And so I'm, I'm happy with how I think about it and I don't really care what other people think about it. That's good. What would those non-ASMR listeners find the most surprising? I think they'd find how many people out there love it surprising. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, it's so quiet. Nobody talks about it. There's still that taboo. And, you know, just from telling my friends, oh, I started this channel and I kind of do this thing where I brush Jeremy's hair. And they're like, okay. I would say two out of five people were watchers. I don't know the, I'm sure there have been some studies that I haven't read. But I, w- I would think that that's probably not that far off that anywhere between 10 to 20% of the population watches ASMR in some mm-hmm. respect now. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Are there any other things that you would like to share with us? Anything that we might have missed? The only thing is, you know, if someone is, if you're watching ASMR and you're thinking, can I do this? Can I create ASMR? I, I highly encourage you to try it because it'll give you a different perspective of what your favorite ASMRs go through, as well as like possibly becoming something that can give you a little extra income on the side. Again, not a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> renting, renting. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think like it's harder than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. When I was when I was watching and I thought, hey, let's do this. So it'll be like super easy. We'll just film like an hour a week. It's definitely more difficult than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. And it is a job, but it's really rewarding. And I'm just really grateful that people like watching me because it's true. Like without your viewers, you don't have anything. So just thank you to anyone who is listening, who is a fan. Me, well, I am. I'm a fan. Hi. <laughs> thank Hi. you. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm really appreciative. We're really, really appreciative of everything. Well, and well, please take a minute to tell us about your YouTube channel. We want to put in a plug for our listeners so they'll know where to find you. You can just Google Chili Bee or Chili Bee ASMR should pop up. Um, we post one to two videos a week, mostly. 
and we'd love to love to have you. I'm super surprised we've grown the way we have. Um, I won't lie. I want my 100,000 subscriber silver plaque. That'd be great one day. Have you hit that yet? No, we okay. are um, in the 70s, low 70s. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's really good. Considering we've only been doing this for a year and a half, it's absolutely insane. And subscribers is not, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's interested in YouTube in general, subscribers isn't like a particularly important metric for your channel, like views are. You know, I don't earn money from subscribers it's it's fun and it would be cool because I never in my wildest dreams could have imagined I'd get a little plaque from from Google saying I did that so so subscribe if you watch (laughs) definitely Hannah thank you so much for appearing on the podcast this has really been I hope it's been very illuminating I hope it's won you some more fans along I mean I was already your fan but I hope some other people have decided to try you out I genuinely hope that people who are having issues with sleeping or anxiety I hope that your channel helps them or any other channel that they find I hope this is something that can really bring people some peace which is I think good for all of us right now yes thank you so much this has been fascinating. I've learned a lot and I'm I'm actually going to try this out. I mean, it's something I didn't even know existed and, <laughs> and now I'm ready to try it. Well, thank you guys so much, Kenny and Ashley, for having me today and, um, and hopefully, hopefully it went well. It did. I think it, it was, was lovely. Wonderful. Well, that was amazing. So what are your thoughts, Ashley? Well, you know, I love her anyway. It's nice to meet people that you feel like you know, and then find out, oh, they're just as cool as I thought that they were. I, I really appreciated just how she kind of gave us the inside look at it all. Right. I think something else that people probably don't realize, which we realize because we dabble in this and it's kind of like, well, how is this tying into the entertainment? You know, we're an entertainment podcast. So how's this tying in? Well, YouTube, she's on YouTube, which mm-hmm. is a form mm-hmm. of entertainment. She's doing this actually to, I think, to serve people. But to point out, you know, mm-hmm. she has a day job, 40 hours a week. And then this also takes her 30 plus hours every week to do. It's not just setting up a camera and recording it. It is researching the topic, learning about it, filming it, editing it, getting the props, all of this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. This is a huge undertaking for her to do. And she is doing it because she loves it and she wants to help people. I hope people appreciate it. It's not just, oh, they're going to just put up some a camera and just make a lot of money. That's not what this, it's another job. One that she's very passionate about. Yeah. I was interested in that too. The, the fact that she might spend four to five hours to mm-hmm. get one 20 minute video. That is, that's a lot of work, Yeah, it is. but it also, that that's another thing that made it so fun to get to talk to her because I've only seen a few of the videos, you know, mm-hmm. um, probably five or six, I think, cause I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was you know ready to go into our interview and, and understood it a little bit better. But just from my limited experience to see that persona that she has on film and then to get to talk to her, um, I mean, she's just, she was just so interesting, but, but you can just tell she's such a together person either way. She really is. I am so glad that you asked her to do it. And I'm thrilled that she said yes, because that was fascinating. I think it's obvious who we need to cheers for this episode. Absolutely. Miss Hannah from Chili Bee ASMR. Cheers to you, my dear. Thank you for all the work that you do for all of us anxiety ridden, sleepless people out here. (laughs) And thank you for doing this lovely interview. Cheers. Cheers. This episode of Scandal Water was executive produced by Candy Thomas, that's me, and Ashley Raymer Brown. That's me. It was researched and written by Candy Thomas and edited by Ashley Raymer Brown. All music was written, composed, performed, and mixed by Josh Martin. The artwork was designed by Matt C. Adams, while our website was developed by Joshua Reith. If you like what you hear and you want to help keep the Scandal Water brewing, please go to our website, scandalwaterpodcast.com. Just click on your podcatcher of choice, then hit follow to subscribe. And while you're there, you might as well leave us a five-star rating and review. And don't forget, it's always more fun when you share your tea with others. As a reminder, this podcast is purely for entertainment purposes. The thoughts and opinions of the host during each episode of Scandal Water are their own and do not reflect the opinions of any future guests advertisers or clearly professional psychologists thanks for listening